Yehuda, I want you to hear all three things. Things I want to discuss. The second and third thing, let's take off our coats. The second and third things are very Nagea Musser. The first thing is extremely Nagea Limud in learning in general. Shmulia Nechemia, I need you to bring Yaakov also. Come, Yair, come. The second and third things are specifically Nagea Musser. The first thing is a very, very important in Derech Halimud, in style of learning. It's one of my all-time favorite vartim. I told you this already. It's, I want to analyze it a little bit deeper, but I want you to hear this. The Chazer. Yitzi, I told this to already. I, for years, when I learned Torah, I am very, very, I have a difficult time doing two things at once, Yaakov. Like many men, I get involved. If I'm holding my kid, I can't talk on the phone. If I'm talking on the phone, I can't hold my kid. I don't do two things at once well. I get into one thing. If I'm, if I'm, ta- my wife brings home the packages. So I'm bringing them home. My wife said, let's stop for supper. I can't do supper when I'm doing packages. I'm doing packages now. Ladies have a remarkable ability to do many things at once, to multitask. It's typically more feminine. Ladies are good at that. They're able, they can talk on the phone, making supper, doing the kids' homework, all the while, you know, looking something up. They just have the ability to do many, many things. I think this pshat says, Nashim daitam kalos. Ladies, das is kalos. Kalos means swift or light. Now, to say ladies are not as smart as men is absurd. Ladies in many areas have been a yeseir, have a greater intellect than men, and they're smarter than men in many areas. Their areas, ladies have advantages, the areas men stereotypically have advantages. So to say either one's smarter is not really fair. So what does it mean, daitam kalos? They have, they're almost lightweighted intelligence. I think what it means, kalos, means swift. A man gets involved in something and he completely engages to the exclusion of everything else. Ladies are daitam kalos, means they don't, it's soft Shallow. and swift. They, can, they do this and this. They, it's the ability to do many things at once. That's what I think daitam kalos means. I'm not positive I'm right. The bottom line is, is that in learning, I always struggle when this pshat and drash, when you have the simple meaning and drash, confuses the brains out of me. Because what's, what did Hashem mean? So to say, it's, he's smarter than us, God, and he had many pshatim, but it always makes my head spin. He was telling me this in pshat, and in drash, he was telling me something totally different. I especially struggle when pshat and drash contradict. I love the Sefer Malbim for many reasons. When I was your age, I thought the Malbim was a Rishon because he so, knows so much and is so thorough, Penny. I thought he was a Rishon. The Malbim lived 150 years ago. He was a Goyen Betaira. And he, he, his, his last, Leibush Malbim, the last name was Malbim. Something like Leibush. I don't remember the name right now. But the Malbim wrote a Pirish on all of Tanakh. And he was a Goyen Betaira. And he often resolves Pshad and Drash. He shows how they don't contradict, they work together, Pshad and Drash. I want to show you something in Parashas Vayigash that's a game changer. Shai, in this sugya of studying Pshad and Drash, Shai, I want you to hear this badly. You'll write it later, the shtickle. First get it. I'm always into writing it later. In this sugya of Pshad and Drash, so in this sugya, this is like a game changer, Penny, of Pshad and Drash. You're going to want to say this over to everybody in Openi. So get, were you there that night? We did it? You weren't there. You, would, you wouldn't forget it ever. I'm so happy Yoni came just in time to hear it. Yoni, pull over a chair and get this. Listen to this. I want to read a few psukim to you. 
I want to analyze Yankov and then I want to change our lives. Listen to this, Yankee Drach. Let's get, let's paint the picture. We all know the story. The head of Egypt, the viceroy of Egypt, the second to the head, Yosef HaTzadik, unbeknownst to his brother, who, who he is, has been very, very tough with the brothers. And he has already put Shimon in jail, and now he's kidnapping Binyamin, the second brother. He's saying, you're not bringing Binyamin back. Yehuda has guaranteed his whole eternity to his father that he's bringing Binyamin back, now approaches the king of e- the second to the king of Egypt, not knowing it's Yosef HaTzadik. I'm going to read you four psukim, and then I have a question. Please be honest. Listen to this, Azi. Yehuda. Yehuda approaches the second to command in Egypt with the following conversation. He says, I'm going to translate all the words. Please, my master. Can I please speak? something In the ears of my master. Now it's a little repetitious, please and please, be and na. Most, many Mepharshim learn the word na means, can mean now, not just please. Can mean now. A, a, a polite, is it possible I can speak now to my master something? In the ears of my master. And please don't be angry at your servant. I'm purposely not translating those three words. We will come back to that in a minute. So he says, please, my master, let your Ebed speak something in the ears of my master, and please don't be angry at your servant. We'll get back to that. My master asked his servant, saying, do you have a father or a brother? And we said to our master that we have a father, a zakin, and a yelled zikunim katan, a small child of his youth. A son to my father, it's called a ben zikunim in Hebrew, a child of old age. Va'achiv meis, this child's brother has died, Yosef HaTzadik. Va'yivasahu levada, he remains alone, li'imai, to his mother. Va'ayivahevai, and his father loves him. He is the only remaining child from that particular wife. Va'tayimel avadecha, you told us, like, please bring him down. Va'asimiyenilav, I want to look at him. We told you that we can't bring, this kid can't leave his father. If he leaves his father, his father is going to die. And you said, if you don't bring him, you can't get any, you can't see me again, and I'm not going to give you the food that you so desperately need at the time of famine. The bottom line, I asked the guys the following question. The Torah, in the Torah, does not come with trap pity. Trap matters a lot. Tune matters a lot. Always you have to figure out when somebody spoke, there are two ways of speaking. There's soft talk and tough talk. And it's always important to analyze what went on, the truck, the tune. I ask you, Pinishak, did Yehuda come and speak to you? There are two ways. Yehuda's a tough person. The Shvatim were exceedingly strong. Shimon and Levi, who were the weakest of the Shvatim, took down a country. Yehuda is strong. Yehuda's powerfully trained in warfare. He can, take, he can fight the country. It would be a shtickle fair battle. I ask you a question. Did Yehuda come tough to this king of Egypt or come soft? Penny, hearing the words, we'll get to Yitzi next. Penny, did Yehuda come tough or soft? Tough. Yitzi, soft. Yaakov Abani, tough or soft? Soft. Yitzi Raymond, tough or soft? Soft. Yoni Rak, did Yehuda come tough or soft to, to, to the king? Soft. Why do they all say soft? Anybody reading the words, not knowing the tune. I can say all these words tough. Penny's brilliant. 
I can say all these things tough if I want. I can read this to you. Listen here, my master. You listen now. I can read it tough. I can read it soft. The reason they said soft is because over and over he says, my master, my master, your servant. He says six times, my master and your servant. Anybody says, please. He says, please. He says, my master, your servant. Anybody reading these words, I don't believe it's possible to learn pshat that he spoke tough. I don't think it's possible. You can't say over and over such soft words and speak tough. Yes, Yankee Drach. Because he says over and over, my master, your servant, my master, your servant. Those are very... He could have been sarcastic. I'm not... I'm, Yankee says... Yankee, yeah, I knew what you were asking. Yankee says, why didn't he talk, talk tough? That's a good question. There are two approaches. If you're approaching the king, you can sweet talk him. Say, my master, let me explain. There's two ways. Or you can come. There are two ways of negotiations. So I'm not talking, Yankee, why he chose one over the other. Reading the words, it seems apparent that his approach was soft. It's very... Yeah, in your ears. Yeah, that's very good. Zog. He says, very good. Dear. He says, in the ears of my master. Please, can I say something to your ears? It, the, the, I don't think it's possible for anybody. Yosef, I need you to hear this. You like this? The game changer. I don't think it's possible to learn. He spoke tough. Now, now, watch, watch. Says Rashi. He said three words. I didn't translate. He says, Ki You are like Pari. Ki like you, Kipari is like Pari. Rashi has two pshatim. One pshat is consistent with what the guy said. What Yitzi, Yitzi, Yaakov and Yoni said, he spoke soft. Is You are like Pharaoh. Just like I hold Pharaoh in unbelievable esteem, I'm in awe of him. You are like Pharaoh. I am awed by you. Whoa, speaking to you is like speaking to Pharaoh. So on that pshat, Rashi says that a simple pshat, everything is hunky-dory. He spoke unbelievably soft, and he flattered, like the Gemara says, you're allowed to flatter Rishon in situations that are necessary. So he spoke very flattering and soft, and he said, whoa, I hold you in the highest esteem. But Rashi has another pshat. Says Rashi, ba'if and drash is I'm not afraid of you and I'm not afraid of Pari. I'll kill you both. You're like Pari. I'll bring him down. You know, like in, in, in Harry Potter, Lahavdul, there's the name that must not be mentioned. People didn't throw around Pari's name easily. You didn't just say Pari. It was like, whoa. Yehuda was showing Rashi's drash. Yehuda said, you're like Pari to me. I'm not afraid of him. I'll say his name. He's nothing. You're like Pari. And he was name-dropping, saying, I'll bring you both down. Rashi has a pshat continuing in that, a drash, continuing in that thought process. Continuing that thought process. Rashi says, you are like Pari. Do you remember what happened when when your pharaoh started up with my grandmother, Sarah? He got knocked up, he got beaten up. And he was saying, you remember what happened? Well, that's what's going down with you. The, the beatings that Paroi took for starting up with my grandmother, you're getting. You're going down like Paroi. So I ask Rabbi Say two questions. First, Shai, I have two questions. Kasha number one, Yaakov Babani. It's a fact historically what happened. Yehud had a conversation with the second to the charge of Egypt. Did he speak soft or tough? How can there be a machloikis? So somebody's wrong. 
We know the Ramban, Elu ve'elu divrele kimchayim. In Torah, everybody's right. Here, the drash and pshat. How can you have a pshat and drash in the same Rashi as if both pshat and drash... What happened? Is pshat true or drash true? Rashi has a pshat. He said, I hold you in the highest esteem. Rashi has a drash that he slammed him. He said, I'll kill you with Pyro. You're both going down. What happened? It's a fact. Did he speak to soft or tough? Kasha one. Kasha two is how can the drash be true? Four thinking guys here read these psukim and said the only understanding is he spoke soft. How can Rashi bring a drash that he spoke tough? How do you read the rest of the psukim? He spoke soft with a strong message. Strong, the over and over he's saying, my effort, your effort, your boss. But he gave him a How can you have a drash that clearly contradicts a whole shit? I can talk softly and adverse to Says Yitzi, says Yitzi, Still respect if you're talking tough. I'm saying he's just saying I'm your servant. But that's such soft words that there's not the words of somebody who's coming to, to say, "Listen here, buddy." These are not the words you don't say. Listen here, my master. I'm your evid. I'm nothing compared to you. Listen here. You're, you're contradicting. You don't. You don't make sense. You talk. There are people who do things like this. They're passive aggressive. They're people who speak softly, saying much stronger words than they think. Passive aggressive is from the most dangerous. I once had a bacher in the yeshiva who spoke very soft and he did the meanest things. You would say something he's like, I hear what he's saying. Now his eyes were saying, you're an idiot, you're a fool. His eyes, he was passive aggressive. He spoke soft, spoke ridiculously hard. Very dangerous person. I told him one day you're going to get your wife angry and she's going to be all me. But what I do? What, what do you do? You, you, your emotions and you say softly disgusting things. So true. And here you could speak tough and say soft things. What's going on here? Two kashas. The pshat and drash. What's the truth? Penny shot. Kasha one. And kasha two is how can you learn this drash? How can you learn this drash? It contradicts the psalm. So I says of Yaakov Kamenetsky. Says of Yaakov Kamenetsky. And this to me is such a depth to what Drash is. Says Rev Yaakov Kamenetsky, all of us have pshat and drash in our words. I'm going to give you three examples, Yassi, of pshat and drash in our words. You're by your Rebbe for an Einig Shabbos, a gorgeous Einig. Everybody's singing, beautiful, what, a, what an Einig, gorgeous. 11.45, the Rebbe says, Good Shabbos, Rabbi Yisai, good Shabbos. Pshat is, what does it mean? Shabbos. What's the drash? Get out of my house. And now. The drash of his words is, get out now. Another example. You send somebody a text. You send somebody like this, I, I'll send the bacher, this heartfelt text. I'll write him a poem with like, a, I'll write a bacher, it's three in the morning, I'm writing him a long text, like, a, like this long, by me texting, I'm, it's, my son said it's painful, dad, watching your text. Find your letter. A text, a text that's anything more than four, four, four letters takes me about a half hour. I'm a slow texter. Fine, and I, and I also race. If, if, if I feel the words written wrong, I rewrite it. I write it out for one of those real nerds. The bottom line is, is that I send this guy this heartfelt text where I'm begging him to really be mechazik and start coming and start performing You're, with, with a poem, with a chizik, understand everything. After I'm done this like text, I'm like emotional, I'm half crying, and the bacher writes back, 
K. With the K. <laughs> so the Pshad in that is, I hear what you're saying, that's okay, means the Abseder. The drash is, shut up, I'm sorry to talk, it's disgusting. The drash is, is a guy writes just the K to his mother, to somebody who just like did a heartfelt plea. It means, it means, I'm sorry to speak so pressed, but it means shut up. That's what it means. So there's pshat in your words, there's drash in your words. Everybody who understands the vernacular of texting, the word K is a very sharp shutdown. A speaker is speaking. Again, I don't want to be too cynical. A speaker is speaking. And he says, on, I was on the train and I was thinking. The pshat is, and he tells you some word he was thinking of on the train. The pshat is, he told you he was thinking on the train. The drash is, he's saying he's an intellectual. I don't know about you, when I'm on a train, I'm either spaced out or thinking about the next. I'm thinking of Porzingis. He's telling the crowd, I'm a very intellectual guy. I'm a big tzaddik. When I'm on trains, I think in learning. He wants the crowd to know it. It's important to him. There's pshat in everybody's words. There's pshat and drash. There's what they're saying and what they're trying to say. There's the words, he said this, there's a drash. Says Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, there is the pshat that he spoke soft and the drash that he spoke loud, <clears throat> not just doesn't contradict, both are true. If you and I were there, it was the softest speech. His voice was Ba'aznei, was my master, your servant. And he said, I hold you in the highest esteem like Pharaoh. That's what he said. The most soft speech you can imagine. The drash that says he spoke tough is he said a certain thing because he wanted underlying. It was like Yitzi said beautifully. There was an underlying message he wanted to communicate. The pshad and drash, don't, not only don't they contradict, we all have pshad and drash. You could say the softest thing and have something biting underlying in your words. So the drash that he said, you're going to go down like Pharaoh, is he said, I hold you like Paroi, wink, wink. He wanted him to remember that Paroi once took beatings. So he said, I hold you in the highest esteem, like Pharaoh, wink, wink. There was a drash in his words that he wanted to communicate, and Paroi was brilliant and got the message. That was Pshad and Drash. It's not two versions of what happens. The reason this is such a deep vert is because it teaches us the nature of Drash. Drash doesn't mean like if you want to be wild, that's two guys, two personality types. If you want to learn simple Pshat in the Torah, here's Pshat. And Drash is if you tend to be a little more wild, here's another version for you. Drash means the deeper underlying thing that's happening. There's a world of pshat and a world of drash. It means deeper yet. It means on a deeper level. It's a, you can do this not just here, all over the Torah, I challenge you. The Malbim does this a lot. He'll show you a pshat and drash are not contradictory. The drash gives you on a deeper level what's happening. It becomes, and this is difficult, it becomes that drash is not an arbitrary system. People for drash say whatever they want. You're wrong. Theoretically, we can analyze drash and come with a deeper pshat and drash. We can come with a deeper pshat and drash. We can come with a deeper pshat. I want to explain, there's a, there's a guest here, and he sees in the middle of the shear, he sees a bacher smoking, smoking an, an, an isig. So the guest wonders, the guest wonders, is the Rebbe a wimp, but he doesn't, he doesn't, does he think it's wrong or right? What's the truth? 
Why is the Barakas among these things? So I want to say it's the reason people become tremendous B'nai Torah here. The reason the product of the yeshiva becomes fiery B'nai Torah in the yeshiva is because I'd much rather, ultimately, I want a Bachar to say, during a Shia, I shouldn't smoke yeast. But I want, if he stops today, I'll throw him out of Shia. He better continue. Because I want a Bachar to present himself. I want him to be a real. I'd rather a guy brings his yeast eggs and smokes in my face, and he's here and present, than he hides and he says, and he's just presenting himself, being the good boy. I don't want good boys here. If you're a good boy, find a different yeshiva. A hundred percent. I want a Bachar to present himself real. Whatever you are, I don't want you to be the good boy who's trying, Rebbe, Rebbe, stop Rebbeing me. Say, Kalish, you're saying stupid pshat. And then blow smoke in my face. <laughs> I want you to be real. And the reason we have Atzlach and Yeshiva is because real people function here. Now, it, being real means that we do have to, can't be words. So a guy can bring it. In so many Yeshivas, we're taught the guy who's a little Lebedic loud, who has some energy, he's something wrong, and he tries to like... Bring it, bring your personality, bring your isig. Now, ultimately, every person has to make cheshvainis and decide all different things, when, what, why, how, and that's part of a discussion that we have privately. But I did feel to explain to a hush of a guest, not, I shouldn't call a guest, the parent of the bacher here is a host, not a guest, but I want to explain to somebody who's to a member to explain this year. Is that PR? Thing number two, I don't do PR. Thing number two, <laughs> thing number two. Point number two. I'm saying that you have to make sure. I'm letting you say Thing number two. Thing number two. Rabbi said that was number one. So number one was on Pshad and Drash. I wanted to share with the guys. Yaakov, you hear this with Yaakov? I'm crazy over there, Yaakov. It's fun, but you have to be careful. No cynicism allowed. Yankee, this can get cynical. If you start analyzing people's Pshad and Drash, you can have a party. You can become a very cynical person. Be careful. Because everybody says, yeah, what did he mean by that? It's dangerous. Don't share it with others. Don't share it. People have Pshad and Drash. It's a lot of fun. When people talk, they say a lot of things that mean a lot of different things when they say. It's a blast to analyze what they said and what they're meant. It's a blast. Because people say one thing that mean a totally different thing. So it's a lot of fun to analyze. I'll give an example Rabbi Dessler said. A guy davens for the Amr and he sings gorgeous. Gorgeous. You say to the guy, that was stunning. He says, nah, I sound like a frog. The shot in the conversation, what a modest guy. Reb Dessler says what the guy really means to say, I sound like a frog. He means you can't make me feel good. You don't have the capacity. Knock it off. I don't need your compliments. That's what Dessler says, the guy. You can argue on him. You're supposed to say thank you. So say thank you. You can make me feel good. So I say thank you. You're saying that's the real humble thing to do, say thank you. Now, yeah, sure, I'm okay. If the guy really sounded like a frog, the worst is when you do something bad. Like, I'll play a game and I was like 0 for 18, and a box of great, you're real good. You're like insulted. You're like insulted. You know, that, so it's like a dangerous. If you attack a sound like a frog and a guy says you sound gorgeous, then it's like more complex. If you say, Kalish, you really sound like you sing beautifully, I don't feel good. Well, you say to a guy like me, Udabas, you say that was really heartfelt. That's like interesting on food. When your mother asks you, is the food good? You say, it's interesting. The pshat is interesting. On food, interesting means please don't make it again. Not when I'm not my top ten. <laughs> That's like equivalent to interesting. Pshat and drash. Pshat and drash. It took me years to figure out this thing of Shleimit, when, a, when a kid says, kid, teenager, it took me years to figure it out. Tell me if I'm right, Aryeh. 
Are your kids say, you ask a kid something, you say, do you like yeshiva? Parent will ask you, do you like any yeshiva? Kid says, yes, I guess. You ask a guy, how was Shir today? I, good, I guess it was good. I mean, I guess. A different person has to guess. What is he guessing? Guessing means I don't know. You're the guy, did you like it? I guess. It took me years. What does I guess mean? I think I guess means I guess you want me to say it. Because that's the only thing you have to guess what I want. I guess means, I, I think that's what you want me to say. That's the only guess, Shaykh. If you think about it, when people say I guess, they mean I think that's what you want me to say. Good, I guess. What, you're guessing if it was good? You, you experience either yes, no, a little bit, decent. I guess, I, I guess means, I, think, I guess you want me to say this. You'll see when everybody says I guess, usually they mean this is what I think you want me to say. What do you think? I thought you were going to say true, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> you think that's what I guess means? Usually I, I find people say I guess, they mean I think this is what you want me to say. We, I went with a few, few bachram here to visit a yeshiva, and we were dressed gishmak. We had come from the road, so a yid, a, yid, a yid in the yeshiva said to us, make yourselves at home, I guess. What was he guessing? Should we, is, does he want us to make... He means, I guess you want me to say that to you. That's what he was saying, I guess. Well, I guess what are you guessing? Do you want me to be at home or not? I guess means, I think that's what you want me to say. But I'm not sure. Yaakov, you were there, I guess. Is that what I guess? I think that's what I guess means. What do you mean I guess? What's he guessing? He want, he's the host. He doesn't have to guess. He means I guess you're expecting me to say that. But we didn't care. We say whatever you want. <laughs> Is that what I guess means? It took me a long I guess. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So they're guessing rule. They're guessing rule. But I think that's what they mean, I guess. I guess you want me to say that. Arya, is that what I guess means? What'd you say? I think so. I think that's what people mean. But if that's, you need to figure out always drash. You always need about shouting words and drash. Whenever people talk, then you don't want to overanalyze. And you can become a big cynic if you do. This is dangerous. So again, use this healthily, not unhealthily. People talk. Anybody that talks softly in the beginning, he is that they think what they're saying is the most powerful thing in the world, and you have to lean in to hear, right? You have to lean in to hear. So I'm more powerful than you. I know what I'm talking about better than you. So I only have to whisper. Interesting. Interesting. It's interesting. It's 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 fast that what you're saying. The wisest man who ever lived. The wisest man who ever lived says to do it. Divrei chachamim. The words of wise people. The nachas. When they say it softly, they're more listened to. It's very powerful. That I, I don't have to yell. Like in, in an argument, the guy's screaming, the guy calm. The calmer person is much more powerful, and there's a, there's an underlying message. Of, I, don't, I don't like control. Yeah, Afi. It's amazing Gemara. It's amazing Gemara Gittin. There's an amazing Gemara Gittin. The Gemara Gittin says. The Gemara in Gittin says that when you say to your family Arab Shabbos, "Isharetim eravdim adliku esaner." When you give your family instructions, <laughs> you have to say it calmly. So I would think good, getting up, good, very good. I would say the pshat is to say it calmly because you're um, to say it calmly. I would think the pshat is because you say it calmly because midas and you don't want to be mean. The Gemara says the reason you should say it calmly. Why should you say it calmly, Shimler? Don't be. A what does the Gemara say? What? 
That's what I would think. Why does the Gemara say? Your Gemara says no order to listen. You cause death. Gemara says You're going to cause death. The Gemara says they won't listen to you. The Gemara says that it's more effective. Not it's become Midas. It's they listen better. Soft talk is anyway. Yeah, they're It's also a certain power. What Mr. Rabadi of Shlaim is saying is there's a certain power in soft talk. There's an underlying message that I'm under control, as he said. It's an underlying message. My words and pay heed. It's also underlying. Yeah, you're very secure. You're showing you're secure. It's like very also says the opposite causes death. Because your wife gets scared. Sure, it does say the Gemara falls off the bridge. Okay. So Rabbi say I can with message number one. Totally different message. The end of Parsha's Miketz. Last week's Parsha. One word in the tire. I told this to the Oyman. We discussed this in Elul. I want to learn it again. For five, very short, for three minutes, Yankee, I want to learn it again. Chaim, I think there's a game changer. It's going to turn off my phone. It keeps ringing. I want you to hear this, Chaim. Chaim, in the end of Miketz, the brothers, after many years, the brothers, after many years, recognize. I'm sorry? Oh, uh, very good. <laughs> good notice. The word Mikates means then. Good catch, good catch. Excellent dub. Sharp, sharp, sharp. Where's he going? All you have to do is say it. David, I'm impressed. You're two for two today. The. The brothers, Rabbi say, the brothers turn to one another and they say three words that the Rambam says, the Rambam says these three words are Iker Avidui. Vidui is a mitzvah daraisa. There's a mitzvah daraisa to put on tefillin. There's a mitzvah daraisa if you have four corners to wear tzitzis. There's a mitzvah daraisa to sit in the sukkah on sukkahs. There's a mitzvah daraisa to eat matzah on Pesach. There's a mitzvah daraisa to admit your sins. For one to admit his sins is a mitzvah daraisa. Vizvades chatosam. The brothers say three words. They're under duress. And they're tzaddikim. Tzaddikim, no pressure. Tzaddikim, no anything bad happens. It's from Hashem. And they immediately introspect and they can come up with one sin. And they say, Avol Hashemim Anachnu. Hashemim Anachnu means we are guilty. We are guilty of what we did to our brothers. Admission of guilt, Hashem Anachnu. What I am fascinated by is the first word, Avol. Most translate to what who just said that? I love you. Who just said but? I love you too. I love you So it works out well. Menachem said the word avol means but. But I have sinned. Rather I have sinned. Now it's very difficult to read. What's rather? Rather sounds like I could say this. But rather. We could say yeah, But rather. They didn't, the brothers have no introduction. They just say rather we sinned. The word doesn't make sense. Rather. As opposed to what? Just say Hashem Anachnu. The Rambam, the Rambam in Hilchas Tshuva says, Ikar Avidu is Avol Anachnu Chatanu, but rather I have sinned. 
Everybody jumps on the Rambam. Why does he put the word avol in there? Avol is in the middle of a sentence that only makes sense if you have something before that, that, was, that, that was said before. If you said before, I could say I'm innocent, rather I sin, then it makes sense. The Rambam has no statement before. He says, Iker avidu avol What is that word avol? So I just want to say briefly, Chaim, the word avol, Yankee, you know what it means? Uncle says the word avol means koshta, truth. Avol means truth. And the Iker Avidu is, is that truthfully, everybody has excuses why they do what they do. We live in a generation, everybody wants to point to their parents. We live in a generation, it's dizzying. Every, all our problems are from our parents. My parents did this, my parents. Parents are human. They are tzaddikim and gorgeous and amazing and special and you're mechoyif to think so. And true, they're human also. They have limitations. Human beings aren't perfect. They're amazing, unbelievable, and the best human beings. Nechbadei Eretz. The Chayadim says, the Iker Chiyuv is to hold our parents are amazing. That's the Iker obligation of Kibbutz The Iker. He says, Iker is b'machshava to hold the Nechbadei Eretz. Look up the Chayadim. That's how we paskin. Chayim. Chayim. Everybody today wants to take all our faults and put them elsewhere. My parents did this, my Rebbe did that, my this did that. The Iker of is my, I love on the parks when a guy says, my bed, my bed. He pounds his chest, my bed, my bed. Iker of is avol in truth. In truth means bottom line, the buck stops by me. The Iker of is to say Avol, and I, there was no sentence before, so Tzvieli says... Didn't he say it's dismissal? Right, Bailer hates my bed, because he says you just say it and you're puttered. I hear, I hear it could be right. I like my bed, I like my bed, it's Machlaikis. I like... I feel like my bad is saying I'm sorry. No, but then don't say my bad. Okay, if you say my bad and you keep doing it, Ellie, then it's not fun. Ellie, my bad is just deflecting what happened. Like, okay, my bad, and now let's just move on. Nothing happened. What else are you going to do? I like my bad. That I don't know. I don't know. Right, so if Byler was watching the game, I had no clue what to say. I messed up. I had no clue what to say. What? Pull you to the side. No, you don't say my bad. I had no clue what to say. I'm like, trip. <laughs> you double dribble, whoever calls you, you're like, mm. <laughs> So, that I say, Yankee, the word avol, the word, the word avol, the word avol, Yossi, I want you to hear it. The word avol means I take accountability. There's always, people always like passing the book, sending it elsewhere. Avol Hashem Anachnu means me, my bed. Avol, in truth, in truth, with everything I can say and all the things I can point to, and they might be true. You could spend your life being Nebuch, and it's, it's Nebuch that I'm this, I'm that, but I can explain it. So you can have all the rationalizations and explanations. I know a guy whose parents are divorced, grandparents are divorced, and every uncle of his is divorced. His family has sorrows for diarists. They have issues that have been passed generations. This person's going to be married for a hundred years till, till the day he dies. Because he said, he said, avol, me. 
It's easy to pass the buck and say, well, he did, he did, my father. So my father, his father, his father. So I'm going to use an extreme example. Statistics say 70% of people who were abused, abuse their kids. So you could have a great-grandfather who beats up his kid illegally. Illegal, illegal generation. Each father, my father did it to me. Somebody has to say avo, truth, <coughs> bottom line, me. And the bottom line rests by me. Let a thousand fall from one side, and ten thousand from another, but it won't touch me. I choose to stand up and be different. You can go with the flow and have all the excuses. Avol, the Icar of is Avol. The brothers said we have a lot we can say. A lot of rationalizations everybody always has. You can explain, you'll get behavioral scientists, you'll get psychologists to explain every behavior. And I could show you how it links to my parents and grandparents and great-grandparents. Avol. Avol, the Icar of is to say the truth. It's about me, oh, oh. it's dependent on me, and my decision. That's the no, truth. Penny, I want you to hear no, this vart. Come close. No I'm going to tell you a vart that we're going to sing before vart number three. I have said this so far this year four times about. You will hear it from me hopefully a hundred times. Amazing. I have heard it from my Rebbe. It's the best thing I ever heard from my Rebbe because it's the bottom line of it all. My Rebbe told me the following vart, and I've told it to you before. Shiva tipled tzaddik v'kam. A tzaddik falls seven times and gets up. Rishayim yikash l'burah. Rishayim fall and don't get up. A tzaddik falls seven times. One of the reasons we're so matzliach in the yeshiva, and the product here is off the charts, is because falling is part of the process. We allow for process. Yes, people make mistakes. Can you believe it? And if you don't allow for mistakes, you don't see greatness. Nobody is great without falling. Nobody. Nobody. Famous letter of Refutner. Tzaddikim don't, it's not despite that they fall, they get up. They're tzaddikim because they fall and get up. It's part of the process. You don't steig unless you have falls. It is normal. It's ironic that the word fall means to trip. I'm not getting into that. But <laughs> the bottom line is, says it Sadiq falls seven times and gets up. And a Risha, and a Russia, a Russia. It's a good question. Good question. A Russia falls and doesn't get up. Ask my Rebbe. Penny, I want, if you remember one word from the year, and you'll remember more, Penny. Please remember this one. Penny, why by the Sadiq does it say he fell? And by the Rush it says he's Yukashel. The difference that tzaddik or rasha tzaddik can fall, get up, Risham don't get up. But what does it say that tzaddik's noifel and the rasha's yikashel? What's the difference in the fila and akshelo? What's the difference? Said my Rebbe, the tzaddik falls, I fell, my bed. The rasha tripped, something made him trip. The rasha says, remove the stumbling block. He points to all the rocks in the world that trip him. There are a lot of rocks on this earth. A lot. And if you're always trying to remove rocks, you'll always fall your whole life. But if you say, my bad, it's the secret why the tzaddik gets up. Because he takes accountability. The word avo. It's on me. He doesn't point fingers. He doesn't rely on all the excuses. Avo. Kushta. Truth. Rather. Yikashal. He trips because it's always something else makes him fall. You never get up when it's something else. 
You never get up when it's something else. You're always busy blaming all the racks in the world. And there are a lot of racks. But Sadik gets up. Shibat people, Sadik become precisely because he was nifel. He fell. Me. My bed. My bed. I fell. My bed. Avon. Kushta. The truth. No excuses. To understand is nice. I get why I feel this way. You're allowed to understand nothing wrong. But then take accountability and responsibility. Don't point fingers. I want to tell the guys a fascinating thing. You never know where you get Chachma from. You never know. I had an experience yesterday that I wouldn't exchange for anything. Hashem runs the world. I went with three Bachrim. We went, we had, they, they, were, they were obligated by the courts, mandated, to go to a three-part course. In order, in order, because of something they did, they had to go to a three-part course. And I went with them to this course the government was giving to kids, truants, kids who had done things against the law, had to go to this three, we went to one part of the three parts. And see, at first, I'm, there, I'm like, I'm, things are very, very hectic, and it was the last place on earth I wanted to be. And then I said, Kalish, you kaifer, Hashem put you there, He wants you there, stop fetching and learn. And a lady got up and spoke, and I'm massively inspired what she said, and I want to share it with you. A lady said to the kids, impressive, she stood up in front of about 20 kids who all were arrested for different reasons. And she said to them, she volunteers, she's not paid to do this. She's very high up in the, in the school system of Waterbury. An articulate lady, a bright lady, she said to the kids, she said, I was 10th grade in Wilby High School, local high school in Waterbury, Connecticut, and I was thrown out. And somebody can laugh and take her not seriously. I walked out, and I want to change because of what she said. She spoke to me. I wasn't arrested, Baruch Hashem. I had to be there, and Hashem wanted me there, so he wanted me to hear these words. And a lady got up and said, in 10th grade, I was thrown out of Wilby High School. I grew up, she said, in the dirty pond. She said, I grew up surrounded by a lot of bad stuff. And I have every excuse surrounded by all the garbage I was surrounded by to make bad decisions and bad decisions I made and I was thrown out of Wilby High School. I cannot fathom what it takes to get thrown out of Wilby High School. Every kid there was arrested for reasons something like punch their teacher in the face to reasons of, of, of sent a kid to the hospital for a month. These kids were tough kids arrested for, for tough reasons. They said, they described some of the crimes. They did not say specifically. They described the general things. They had done serious stuff, most of the kids in that room. I cannot fathom what it takes. These kids are not thrown out of school. She got thrown out of Wilby High School in 10th grade. She said I had decisions to make. I had every excuse to go nowhere and do nothing. And I thought to myself, do you want to be a piece of nothing, a piece of garbage, who just follows the crowd, or do you want to become something? She said, I made a decision to be something, to fly, to soar, to rise above people around me, because the decision stops by me. I know I'm good. She said, I knew inside I was good, and I know I can go places. She made a decision. She graduated, she went to a private school, became the second best grades in the entire private school, graduated from Wilby, the top of her class, went to a college, a difficult college in Washington, D.C., and graduated the top person in the entire college. She became an articulate person who's very high up. She said she has a well-paying job in government, in the school system, inner city black lady. She said she's extremely... <laughs> it's fine. She said, listen, listen well. 
She said that she, had, she spoke art, very articulate like, well, and spoke to kids a powerful lesson. I think she spoke to me. All of us can, can, can just say, this, this is what is, this is my nature, and that's it. This is what's going on, this is what's around me. This is, there always can be excuses and reasons. Or a person can stand up. A person could look inward and make decisions, and it's relevant to us all. I was inspired by what she said and what she clearly made of herself. I don't know if the kids were inspired a lot. To me, it it went into my heart to make decisions, what you want to be. You watch adults, you watch a man 50, 60, any age, who's mean to his wife, who's mean to his children, who's any bad meter. You watch an adult who's late, to just say, this is me, and throw your hands up. I'm going to become on time, and you watch. Because of that speech. Because a lady said, Kalish has to work and be more on time. Don't just say, I'm late, that's the way it is. I put on a shirt, you're late, and that's it. She looked and said, make decisions. Decide who you are and what you are, and do something about it. I was very, very moved, extremely moved by the speech, extremely moved by a person who made decisions to change and to grow. I was moved by that. And I say to the guys, these words, the Iker Vidi is avol, kush, the truth. Fuck stops by me, rather. It's all here. I don't want to hear all the reasons, all the excuses, all the tendencies, all, our, all the challenges. We have challenges, it's a world of challenge. The question is, who says avol? I don't have a question that the Rambam counts avol equal to admitting sin is to have the word avol. Because with admitting sin, we have all different things we point to. Avol says kush in truth. I don't want to point anywhere else. In truth. This is the bottom line. That's what avol means. Bottom line. Stark reality. Facing up. Manning up. My bed. That was point number two I wanted to share with the guys. That verse from my Rebbe, probably the greatest thing I heard from my Rebbe, that the tzaddik falls, the Russia trips. Tzaddik says me. The Russia looks to put it elsewhere. Reasons, excuses. So I think in our lives, all our lives, every stage of our life, any stage you're at, I think that's massively relevant to us all. So that was the... That was point number two that I wanted to share with Elam. I can't say point three till we sing a song, because point two deserves a celebration, I think. So I want to sing a Gishmaka song that fits point number two. And then we'll get it all stops by us. Avol. Avol. All the reasons, Avol. What happened in the past was the past, but Avol. It's our decisions. She had a lot to blame. This lady had a lot of things to point to, but she made decisions. She stepped out of a world nobody steps out of. I'm impressed by that. She, she described where friends are today. They're not where she is. She's, they're not where she is. She made decisions and, and went someplace. So she has reasons. She could have stood up there as a convict also and said, I have reasons. Another fellow stood up who sat behind bars 10 years and explained his circumstances. She said, that could have been me, but I decided. Avon. It's all by me, my decisions, my choices. And she stood up and made better ones. That's Avon. Ikra Vidui. It's funny, Rabbi Isai, to say this to Tzadikim. I'm saying, I sound weird. She said it to convicts. I say it to beautiful Masmidim. I'm saying to Effie Bladder, and you heard me. I mean to say it to Effie. I'm saying it to both from learning 10-hour days, Basmadat Sumer. Basmadat Sumer. Because I think... Yeah. 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 Come on.
Because I, I feel. <laughs> what do you say? Ibrahim. <laughs> but I feel, I feel. So yo, But but Rabbi say, Rabbi say, I don't know. You But I, Aryeh, I'm saying love. I like saying it. But Aryeh, I'm saying that to start is because I think at every level of life it's Nigeria. Nigeria at every level of life. It's Nigeria. An inner city person, the extreme helps us all. So she's extreme situations, Nagaya, me and you. Me and you in a holy yeshiva No, It's still Nagaya to hear the Avol message. The Avol message speaks to everybody. Because everybody has excuses. The Masmid has excuses why certain things. The person who's not a good husband has a lot of reasons. But Avol, bottom line, are you doing what you want to do? Are you who you want to be? And if you're not, change it. Do something. Stand up. Do something about it. Do something about it. Do something. Come on, Avol. You can, you can make all the excuses in the world, I've all. <laughs> Bottom line, buck stops by you. No one clapped, okay. What's good? Aye, before I say the point, I'm going to get to see Brad and stay right back. Point number three. Before point three is so, one second, thank you. Thank you. We're doing it right now. It needs a nigga. Words would limit. Words would limit. What's that? What's that? What's that? I just need a, I just need a key. One second. What's that? What's that? What's that?
I could ask you a favor, Benjamin, if you sit over there, because I want to see you, and I can't see behind you. 100%. Sit there, I want to Um, Shua, can you put the stander on, can you put the stander on the floor? Put it on the floor. 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 Put it on Point number three. We practiced that for hours. The timing also, you know, it's all a good joke. It's a line and a timing. Not much else. I'm good with time, but okay. Um, point number three. Yaakov Hillel. Point number three. <laughs> Point number three, Yaakov Hillel. Weiter, if you don't mind, I'm going to go weiter into the speeches to the true ones. There was a second speaker yesterday. A second speaker spoke to the 20 kids who were arrested. And a second speaker spoke. And I, ha I have to share a story with the guys. The second speaker spoke to the kids. This is what he said to the kids. And I wanna, there's, some, there's, a le, there's something Yankee I wanna tell you. Who has a watch? The second speaker spoke that he said, he was talking about the impact of decisions. And he was bemoaning that he made a bad decisions and it led him that he sat in jail for 10 years. He said he was convicted for 20, he sentenced to 20, he sat 10, for good behavior, 10 of the 20 years. So he was describing how his life was changed for 10 years on behind bars. And he kept focusing that I was behind bars. Today I work like crazy, he described. He's a very hard-working guy. And he said, I will have to work till the day I die. Because I can't get one of those high-paying jobs 
that are prestigious because I have a terrible record, and therefore I have to do a very hard, laborious job. Woe unto me that I'm going to have to work till the day I die. And if you guys make bad decisions, you won't get those high-paying jobs. I could be getting close to retirement, he said, and live, li live a life of not working so hard, and I have to work hard. Woe unto me. He focused on this for about 10 minutes. I spoke to him afterwards. I was very impressed. Again, he's a volunteer. He's doing this completely out of his own free will, going to these meetings, speaking to the youth of today. What I was very, very frustrated is his big focus was, woe unto me, I work hard, work hard, work hard. I would be a plumber. I would take the job. I did chesed Hashem. I, I, I'm zeichet to toil to work. I probably work as hard as him. I'm zeichet to toil in dvarm shebektusha. Anu amelim vehem amelim. His bemoaning toil is completely off, that he wants a job and he can get one of those high paying jobs. I hope he can, it sounds like he supports his family nicely. Ten years in jail, the problem is not that you work hard. The problem is that you missed ten years of life. You weren't with your family. You couldn't do things proper. You couldn't be the father you need to be, the husband you need to be. It's very important when people discuss something's bad, what's bad about it. He's talking about the badness of 10 years in jail. He lost 10 years of life. Does that count? It was like unbelievable that it almost didn't count. Now, could be, I'm not coming to psychoanalyze him. And I don't want to be a critic. I was very impressed with him and told him so. And a person who stands up, totally volunteering to work with kids. So I'm not trying to pick on him. And maybe that was like a given. Not judging him. Don Lekavskos, ah. that was like a given. It's possible, that's of course. But the whole time was the big problem was I don't have one of those high-paying jobs. And I work very hard, that's the problem. I'll tell you what I'm getting at. I'm not coming to analyze Chris. I'm actually very, very moved by a guy who volunteered his time and more learned good lessons. There's really something on my mind that I want to share with the guys. We go to Shmuzin and we're told what's wrong with internet, smartphones, and there's something that bothers me a lot. There's something unbelievably unsophisticated. If I would take a poll, the biggest danger of smartphone, I would like to take a poll around the room now, but not, don't answer from. I want honest answers. The biggest danger of smartphone, I'm gonna go around right now, I'm delaying for you so I'm talking. I wanna go around this room, and I want an honest answer of the biggest danger of smartphone. You see what I'm saying? Uh, it, has, it has Milo's smartphone. The danger, the, the worst case scenario, the biggest danger of smartphone. Please answer as brief as possible. I'm going to go around the room. I want to start with Usher Sandberg. I want to hear the biggest danger of smartphone is an honest, an honest answer. Usher Sandberg. What Usher just said, he nailed it. Yitzi? Time waste. It makes me crazy, and it's so unsophisticated. The Pritzos is doesn't come close. Pritzos is terrible, dangerous, life-killing, addictions, and bad stuff. It, the worst danger is much, much worse than Pritzos. The worst danger is we are born to be great. We're born to, be, to build ourselves into something special. A person who's vibrant accomplisher. The worst thing in the world. This is a fact. The Yetzirah, Reb Miller says this over. I saw this in Rishonim. I believe, I believe, I saw this quoted. I regret I did not write down. 
I think I saw this. I believe I'm not. Reb Miller says it 100%. I believe I saw this in the Sefer on Chomish, the same one who wrote the the same one who wrote the Muster Sefer. The Rebbeinu Bechayim. I believe Rebbeinu Bechayim says this. And the Iker want to the Yitzhar is not to get us to do Averis. It's not to do Toiv. That's the Iker. People think the Yitzhar wants to get us to do Averis. That is delusional. And the Iker fight of the Yitzhar is not to do Toiv. When wow. we as parents and Rebbeinu speak to kids day and night, preachers, oh, yo, 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 all the scares, the Yitzhar funds that battle. Because he wants us to focus. Don't do Averis. Don't do it. The Iker goal is not to not do Averis. Asher bore Kim Lasseis. The Iker avoid is to do mitzvahs. Avram Avinu is the greatest person who ever lived. I have a kasher, a millerist. Four people died. They have no Averis. Who are the four people who have no Averis? Binyamin, Amram, Yishai, and Kilav. Four people who have no Averis. David Amelech's father and son. Amram, Moshe Rabbeinu's father, and Binyamin. Four people who have no Averis. So why don't we say Mogin Kilav? Avram Avinu's bigger, said Reb Miller, because he did more. Asher Purpose of life is to accomplish. Of course, Averis are terrible, disgusting, and worthy of keeping away from with all our might and strength. We're born to accomplish. The Iker problem with smartphone is the Bittles man. We're born to accomplish. Now, Bachar needs outlets for sure. Outlets, to, and then to engage in life and building yourself. A better Ebed Hashem, davening, Tyra, made this, building oneself. It's so sidetracked when we label, the, when a guy is saying the main problem of jail, he doesn't have a rich job. Now, I'm thinking like, that's not the main problem. That's not the main problem, the 10 years of life. I realize, like, the fact of losing life, like, did it matter to him? Like, the problem is the type of job. You lost life. Chances, opportunities. Of chesed. You couldn't do chesed to your wife for 10 years. To children. Opportunities. The icker problem of a smartphone is the bittles man, the waste of time. Now, a guy can have so yish on himself that I'm not capable of doing things. He doesn't have this. What a, what a lack of self-appreciation to not understand that wasting your time. Oh, me, waste of time. What do I do? So no, build, build, build. Outlets are good, and outlets free us up to get busy building. A little yishavadas. When we get sucked into something, this is, to say this is more dangerous than the preachers, it's not even close. It's not a close second. The Iker thing is build yourself. And by the way, one who knows this, one who knows this has an easier time holding himself back from preachers. Half the reason people get involved is the lack of appreciation of self, the lack of building of oneself. The Ramam, what the Ramam calls a lev panoi minachachma. Half the reason people get involved and connect to things is the lack of connection to good things. Penny, the icker problem with smartphone is not the pretzels. The pretzels is bad and lousy, true. The icker problem is that we're born to build ourselves. Adam la'amoyula, to build ourselves, and it's taking your time. Build ourselves. That is the main problem by miles. By miles and miles and miles, Bittles man. When you catch yourself every 14 seconds checking the scores, it's innocent. What's all checking the scores? You're supposed to be building yourself. Be busy. A certain time, we need outlets, good outlets. Outlets are a very important part of life. Very. 
Hashem made a beautiful world, a beautiful outlet, not by accident. And He gave it not as a challenge, as something to utilize and then get busy. But when it takes us over and that's what I'm busy with, then you have trouble. I think it becomes when we get clouded and what's the worst thing about something we don't understand, it, it, it does damage. The worst thing about, about Bittles man is the time lost to accomplish. There's much we can do, much we can be, become it. So without further ado, let's rush because Gemara shares in 10 minutes.